Hello and welcome to the Small Wins Podcast. Special hello out there to our champs in our Small Wins Society. This is Dan and Ian, founders of the Small hello. Wins Academy. And today we're going to chat about the art. Yeah, I put the word art in there. You know me, creative number one creative boy. The art of sales pitching. The reasons <laughs> and uh, around that art, we're going to talk about the reasons um, behind what might be a super underwhelming performance in your personal sales pitches. And we, I want to clarify this up top because Ian and I are always having conversations. He's always coaching me on this when I'm working on my pitches. But the difference between a sales pitch to a strategic partner and potential clients and how important differentiating yep. your pitches and your languages for those two. And every time we talk about it, you know, you, you bring to light so much that I need to refine and clarify. And so obviously we needed to put it on the podcast. Our champs in the Academy have access to the perfect pitch modules where we dive in a lot deeper into these topics and conversations. And obviously there's lots of resources there for you in building your sales pitches. So Ian, I'm going to give you the floor. There are three reasons I always hear you coaching on to our yep. champs, three reasons why their pitches are failing. Take it away. Yeah, for sure. And I, it's interesting. You already brought up the separation between like who you're specifically pitching to, right? In, in the, in the Academy, we talk and we spend the most time talking about, are you pitching to a strategic partner or are you pitching to an end client? But the reality is as an entrepreneur, you're really pitching to everyone around you all of the time. So when we talk about pitching, I'm talking about the big picture here of like all the different ecosystems where you potentially could be having a communicative situation with someone and you're trying to convince them to do something else. So that could be a pitch to a subordinate, an employee, a teammate, a potential investor. It could also be very specifically a strategic partner and an end client. But no matter what, I have fallen a victim and failed at pitching because I have executed one of these three things um, all of the time. And whenever I have looked towards my mentors and the other folks that I think do a fantastic job of pitching, uh, these seem to be the cornerstones from with which they also agree that pitches seem to fail all the time. So, so here are the three things. They're really not rocket science. The first one is that you talk about yourself way too much. The second reason why they fail is your value add is fuzzy or it's unclear. And then the final one is that there's no clear call to action. There's no CTA at the end of that pitch. All right. So I'm going to break those down a little bit. And, we'll, and so the first one is they talk about themselves too much, which is going to be comical because I'm dominating this podcast, I guess, <laughs> so far. Like no, we, we designed the platform in a way for you to primarily speak. So don't feel bad about it. <laughs> All right. So, you know, the truth of the matter is this, right? You can easily quickly turn someone's ears off when you're talking about yourself too much. And we all know what that environment looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like when they're like, oh, me, 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 I'm pretty grand, right? And I, all of us at some point in time, we've been to like a dinner party. And if you like meet someone at a dinner party and you sit there and uh, and they pause and you start talking about, you know, started talking about them or to them, I should say, to, to like total stranger. And all of a sudden you realize, three hours like went by and that person hasn't asked you like a single question and you're like, what the heck? This was a total waste of my time. Maybe it happened sooner than three hours, but you got that feeling of like, I just want to get away. Nobody wants to spend time with people like that. But the truth is when you ask someone, if they are like that, everyone says no. 
I'm not like that person at all, which is why we it makes it so easy for us to connect with that commercial as an example, right? Because we have all been in that scenario, but none of us identify as being the person that's always constantly talking. <laughs> the reality is though, is that if you are pitching someone, strategic partner, end consumer, investor, teammate, and you are really excited, it can be easy to move into the space where you constantly are talking about yourself because you're more excited or whatever that you get about a subject that you get about a thing the more difficult it is to pause and listen. And that's that's the key spot there. So if you are in a position where you're creating a presentation or you're creating this pitch deck, if you will, and your pitch deck has 20 slides, hey, that might be a warning sign that you're gonna move into a zone <laughs> where you're gonna end up talking too much about yourself. And you might just think, well, no, I'm at work. I'm not talking about myself because I'm not just saying me, 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 but it's also about who you represent. And so if you're in that moment right there and you're talking about, you know, so Dan will use you, Lee Film Co., right? Mm -hmm. If you're sitting down and you're just talking about Lee Film Co. the whole time, the person that you're talking to is hearing it as me, 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 me. That's what's coming out of your mouth. And so it's important that we listen in those meetings, which means that it's important that your pitch is creating a conversation space. And so your presentation, the things that you talk about should invoke situations, moments where you get to listen. So that means you got to ask questions. That means you've got to be intuitive and you've got to make sure that they are also involved in the pitch itself, at least the conversation space that the pitch exists in. And there is power in doing that there's power in the opportunity to create the moment where you get to listen and you're driving their intention for the types of things that they're going to say to you now we could probably spend another two hours on talking about how to take advantage of that like power but you know you read anything and in and around the sto stoicism stuff they talk all the time about why it's so important to like listen right but we've all had a grandmother um, I had a, an Armenian like grandmother and she used to say just like something super simple. Hey, Ian, you got two ears and you got one mouth, so use them accordingly, <laughs> right? And I think that there's some truth to that that we all often forget when we're pitching because we've become excited or we have so much to share and we realize at the end that we've been talking too much about ourselves. And so that's for the most part when I meet new entrepreneurs, when I meet new business owners who are really excited about selling some specific product or talking about some specific feature who want to get out there, they want to meet new customers, they want to meet new strategic partners, their excitement or their um, hesitancy to be uncomfortable in the scenario leads them in this path where they just want to talk about product features and themselves too much and they don't stop and they don't listen. So the second reason that we I mentioned earlier about why pitches fail all the time was the fact that your the value add that you're trying to share is uh, it's unclear or like it's fuzzy, right? And so how do you actually help with the things that you are talking about, right? If they're fuzzy or they're not clear or they're not concrete, um, then you are ultimately just confusing people. And the confusion on their part, they're going to try to put things together in their own minds about like what it is that you're talking about. So if you're not clear and concise, then they're going to have to interpret a lot about what you're talking about. And in that interpretation that they have of them for, for themselves of like what you're saying, 
they're not going to get the value propositions right away. We've all played the, the telephone game when we were like a little kid, right? You said stinky burrito to someone. And by the time I got around, it was yellow canary, right? You're like, how in the possible, <laughs> like how, how did we misconstrue that so much? And that's because unless it is very, very clear, then you leave room and you force the person who's hearing you to try to interpret where that room exists. And so you're going to lose being able to convey to the person that you're pitching about what it is you're trying to get across. And a lot of times people think of this as like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because they, they did say yes, they must have like not understood the value. Well, no, that's not the truth. What I'm trying to say is that you want to be so clear on what it is that you're talking and the values and the things that you're actually going to help that you're going to do that you're going to that you're saying that you are that they can quickly get you to a no if they are going to say no i mean that's that's a huge win a lot of times if you're in a scenario where you are pitching like you like it'd be fantastic if you got no right away because our entire world is about getting 100 no's before we get the one yes that makes all the difference right and so yeah. if you're really unclear then you're going to waste that two hour one hour 30 minute 15 minute time slot that you got communicate to them to get that value across. And so when you are thinking about trying to derive value and get clarity around what it is that you're trying to say, there's this quote that I, that Epictetus always wrote in his like journals. And it was the first learn the meaning of what you say and then speak. So I would ask of you when you're thinking about pitching and presenting and talking and communicating to anyone where you're trying to convince them of something, understand the meaning of what you're really asking them first because if the entire overtone of the pitch is a sales meeting and you're selling them then you've got to acutely recognize that they are and in fact looking for some specific things from you like what's the value for them why are they there right the whole we talk about the what's in it for me fm channel wwifm but your awareness of what that meaning is goes to great lengths for you to be able to articulate and express that value right away because you are on the same wavelength that as the person that's listening to you is i remember really early on in my uh mortgage career man i think it had it had to have been like the first or second month that i was even like licensed i'm you know going through my rolodex and trying to find people to drum up business with and it was uh and I would talk about this in the, on the um, non-negotiable like list, my five texts a day strategy, right? So I was going through that process, started that real early on. And I uh, messaged this guy who was like living in the same city that I was living at the time. And we had gone to high school together. Okay. And so I messaged him and was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing for work now. What's up with you? We kind of caught up the conversation space evolved into he needed a refinance. And uh, so I was like, sweet, I can help you out, blah, blah, blah. Let's go meet for a coffee and we can talk and, you know, go from there. And so we sit down and we're having this like conversation and I'm spending the first like 10, 15 minutes just like catching up with this guy. Right. And I'm like, I'm being, I feel like I'm being authentic. I'm asking him questions about his kids and his wife and like, what do you do for work? And like, what do you, what do you enjoy now? Like all that kind of stuff. And we're like 15 minutes into this conversation and he literally paused, he paused the combo and he was like, Hey, Ian, I guess it's great to like catch up with you, man. But like, can we talk about this refinance? <laughs> I remember in that moment, just like sinking in my seat, like, wow, wow. I've been so unclear about 
what I wanted to talk about and the intention, I've been so off of like what your expectations were for this meeting. Like think to the grace of like the history that I had with this person, you know, our relationship prior to that, that like it didn't like totally sabotage like the deal. But in that moment, had he been any other type of person, I would have lost the deal for sure. A hundred percent. There's no way, no ifs, ands, or buts about it because I wasn't being clear with the things that I was talking about. I was, I got to the point where he felt like I was wasting his time or we were off track or we weren't even doing anything at all. And I was the one that was, had everything to gain and everything to lose. And I wasn't the one that was clear on that. When you understand why you want to say what you say, when it's rooted in like the right mindset in the right direction with clarity on how you can take action, you can speak confidently and that allows you to offer up space and silence oftentimes to compound your ability to exude strength and intention to the listener. And if you have already participated in making sure you're avoiding the first reason why most pitches fail, <laughs> which yourself. is talking about yourself too much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. One. So once you've, once you've provided the clarity on top of that, when you get to the spot where you can allow space and silence to compound what you're talking about, it's a really comfortable place for the other person to be authentic them, let the, their barriers down, all the things that are the unspoken objections that they may have with whatever they brought into that conversation space. And you really get to connect with the person that's talking about. And so while these three things that we're talking about today about why pitches might fail, the reality is, is that any one of these things can make your pitch fail, but you got to make sure that you're avoiding all of them to have a very good pitch, if you will. Right. And so let's say that you've done that. You've executed, uh, the ability to not talk about yourself a ton. <laughs> you've been super clear on, yeah, yeah. On your value add, right. You're not, being fuzzy, right. You're not being Ian early on in his mortgage career. Then finally you get to the third reason why people fail. Hopefully you can avoid this too, which is having a clear call to action. Now it's difficult to get to having a clear call to action. If you haven't already been clear up front. And the truth is you can nail everything. You can have your pitch down pat. I mean, you could literally be a robot and execute it. So fantastic. Right. Right. You could, um, you know, do all of that. Right. But you're going to miss out on so much business if you don't take the time to add a call to action. And if I'm self-reflecting to myself and being transparent right now with all the listeners, this is the one that I still struggle with today. I've done so many pitches in so many environments in front of so many different types of people. I comfortably walk into any room at any place with any size of presentation deck, pitch deck, sales deck, whatever. And I know that I can avoid the first two things pretty easily, but understanding the right moment in the right space to add a call to action can make all the difference in the world between that was a good meeting. And that was a meeting that got me five referrals and moved my business down the road. The pitch has always been kind of scary for me, dialing in a pitch. But one thing that I've always been committed to, and the more we chat about it, the more I see is a resource for everyone. Yeah. When you go into these meetings, you know, you can see the difference between someone who's become come prepared for a meeting and someone who is not. And one of the things Ian, you and I were talking about over this last week, as I've been refining some of my strategic partner pitches with you. And one of the things that you mentioned is... Yep. One, you talk about yourself too much. Two, your value add is fuzzy or unclear. Or three, you have no clear call to action. 
And so for those of you watching, tell us which one you feel like you're struggling the most with. But the other thing you mentioned, Ian, was that knowing when you are pitching and when you're not. And you said to me, you're always pitching, Dan. You're never not. There's a mindset shift of I'm always pitching. So maybe I don't have my pitch deck with me, but I have these three kind of pillars of business communication. We can even take away the idea of it being a pitch. And this transforms into the way that we're ready to carry ourselves. Talk about talk about how you coach people on developing the awareness of the fact that they are always pitching. You know, in many respects, it's kind of like a light switch scenario. Like right. stop trying to act like there are environments where you're not. <laughs> like if you're a sales-oriented entrepreneur, <laughs> like every environment that you're in, whether or not you want to admit it, it is in fact that. And I would say that the sooner you can get to the reality that it's possible that every single moment you're pitching to someone, then the sooner you have control over it. In in all of their works, the Stoics, across the the whole body of, of literature that you could dive into, right? The Stoic philosophers in so many different ways repeat over and over and over and over again this like same timeless message, right? That it doesn't matter what other people do. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter even what you think. It only matters what you do. And so specifically, I guess on this last one, right? On There's no call to action. It doesn't matter how great the pitch was. It doesn't really matter how well they feel. It only matters what you do. So if you don't take the time and the intention to recognize that, that you were in the moment that you were pitching, that you need to do, you have this call to action, that you need to make sure that your values were clear, that you need to make sure you weren't talking too much about yourself. Like, it doesn't matter what, what the outcome is, right? Like you're not in control of what they're going to do. The only thing that you can do is make sure you've done all of those things great that's it. Yeah. And one of our champs just noted when I asked which one of the three reasons do you feel like some of your pitches are failing? They said the value add part. Uh, maybe it's because my pain point, maybe. I know that for me, sometimes I can still remember before this awareness, before these conversations took place, Ian, I can remember being in conversations with people and realizing, oh my God, this is a lead. <laughs> and like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, better be ready to be transformed and to feel what, and usually it comes from when I hear a pain point in someone, and then I realize that I'm in a pitch. If maybe this is helpful to uh, the champ who posted that, if the value add is your issue, maybe it's, um, you know, clarifying, and this is, we're, we're digging deep into Dan's pockets here. When you have your brand foundations and your brand messaging clarified, and you have your target, your avatar, and you right. know their pain points, when you have done that homework, you're never surprised at those pain points and they're and your ears are always primed for them because at this point I know I'm always pitching. If I'm ever in an opportunity with my target audience, I'm ready to hear these pain points and I'm ready to, I have the value in my pocket, in my mind, ready to be communicated with them. So go ahead. what you're really saying though, Daniel, is that, and I, and I firmly believe this too, right? The solution to addressing all of these issues, if you're, failing with reckless abandon, <laughs> you could argue that all three of these things are happening to you in, in like, uh, in, in droves that the solution is the, is changing the story that you're telling yourself about why and what and how you're pitching. And that mm. starts with mindset. If your intention and your mindset is right, you'll only focus on the things that are in your control and that's it. And you might say, Oh, that sounds really over like simplified. Well, what are the only things that are in your control when you're pitching to someone? If it's if it's a value-driven conversation, the only thing that you can do then is just tell them as matter-of-factly as humanly possible, 
how you think that your values are addressing their pain points or other clients like them's pain points. And that's it. And then let them let them figure it out. You don't need to convince them. People are always trying to say the same thing 59 times, hmm. right? No, don't. Say it one way, say it really clear, and point out that, you know, if you really do need to double down, then you could say, this is a tagline that I kind of try to use every once in a while, you know, uh, and it's um, people like you often, and then, and then insert and the beginning and the end of that of like whatever the conversation is, because people don't want to sound like they're unique or, or rare, like the most people want to follow the herd, right? So people like you often, <laughs> but that's like just a simple tactic. At the end of the day, my intention and my mindset is really about only focusing on the things that I know that I can control, that my team can control, that I can control, that my brand can control. And if you're clear about it, then uh, it's it's difficult then to get fuzzy. Ian, you just mentioned, and we'll wrap this up uh, with this idea. You talked about changing the story and the mindset, which yeah. um, I know is another major part of our perfect pitch module in the academy. Yep. Um, like a lot of the training that we do for our champs, a lot of it starts with mindset. So yeah, we dove into real simple, the three reasons why pitches fail. There's a not a, it's a simple explanation, but there's a conversation to be had around changing the story and changing the mindset. So uh, next episode or coming up soon, we'll have an episode where we talk about changing that story and how that journey of the story, where we zoom out, goes from the story that we tell, the feelings that we have, the emotions from that story, how that affects yes. our actions and how those actions affect the result. It's a framework, mm -hmm. but the truth is like what you said, Dan, actions come from your emotions and your emotions come from the stories that you are telling yourself about yourself. And so if you want to change your results, oftentimes the root of where those results or how you view them is going to change is if you change the story that you're telling yourself about that. Well, don't give too much of it away, Ian. We're going to have a conversation about it later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll have a great weekend for those of you watching us live and for those of uh, you catching up on the replay. We appreciate your time. Bye, everybody. Are you in control of sales, business development, or growth for an organization or everything because you're in control of the entire company? What we know is there are no obstacles you'll face in your business and entrepreneurial journey that someone hasn't already solved. And you can find those people and solutions at the Small Wins Academy. Let's face it, every successful organization started with just one person. So why not join our community of like-minded entrepreneurs who know that the cost of entry to the Small Wins Academy is more than worth the value that you'll receive. Seeing is believing. So go to smallwinsacademy.org now, watch our video and let us show you how Small Wins Academy builds success.